everybody. Welcome to episode number 58 of the John Riley Project. It's Tuesday. It's June 25th, 2019. And I am so pleased to have here as my guest, Jessica Johnson. Hello. Jessica Powegian, um, the, um, the creator of Hidden San Diego, an author yep. of the new book, Abandoned San Diego. <laughs> Jessica, how are you? Doing great. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. You know, <laughs> I, I, I saw the article on PomeradoNews.com, you know, the mm-hmm. Poway Chieftain, uh, about your book. And I had been on your website, Hidden nice. San Diego, before, just poking around because I like to go hiking. I like cool. to explore and, and see, you know, kind of get myself involved in some adventures. <laughs> and um, I was just really intrigued with the your book and, and your website. So, you know, tell me more about what you're working on. Um, well, the book that came out in March and I was invited by a publishing company to represent San Diego. They have an abandoned series throughout the nation and they saw my photos, liked my article. So they asked if I would represent San Diego. And I obviously I said yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so what is the difference? I know Hidden San Diego, the website has a lot of um, kind of trails, um, hidden waterfalls and caves, yeah. and but abandoned San Diego is a little bit different than that, right? Yeah. So this, so on my website, I have all different categories. I have nature, historical, wine and dine, abandoned. So this mm-hmm. is basically touching on the abandoned section of my website. Okay, so when you say abandoned, these like old homes that have been, you know, from from an ancient era from 100 years ago? It's a lot of different things. So I have different chapters. Um, So there's mines, there's old roads, there's uh, places in the city. So, yeah, it covers different things. So in your book, An Abandoned San Diego, is there maybe a favorite place that you you documented that you wanted to share with everybody? Yeah, probably Spalding Park, which before I knew it as Rum Runner's Cave, it is in Sunset Cliffs area. And it was built by the guy that created Spalding Sporting Goods. Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah. So he made an elaborate park with tunnels and staircases and bridges going across. And then later that fell apart and it became abandoned. And it is believed that it was also used for smuggling rum during the Prohibition era. But you can explore it now during low tide. And there's staircases leading to different hallways with candle holders carved. And Really? It, yeah. Like into the, into the cliffs of Sunset Cliffs? Yeah, I can try to quickly pull up the photos for you. Um, and it used to lead to an old house was the rumor. And it has been confirmed to be true. So you can see some of the photos there. Wow. Maybe you can show that in front of the camera there. And I don't know if people can see it, but <laughs> it's incredible. So like I just seen like a, bur- a burst of purple. Is that exactly like- that's the entrance. So when you first walk in, you see that there's me walking kind of that same area. There's some areas you need to be careful because you can fall in. <laughs> and I had a writer, a reader tell me that he did fall in at night. They were exploring at 2 a.m. and he fell right through that hole. So there's the staircase Found right through the hole and had to swim back to the shore at 2 a.m. And he said it was the scariest moment of his life. This is like um, like Lord of the Rings or something. You know, Goonies. that's what I always say. (laughs) The Goonies. Okay. which I was a fan of that as a child. So this is so I would imagine those holes. It's just from the natural erosion, right? Yeah, that's what I would assume. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely not a safe adventure. I wouldn't recommend, I wouldn't recommend it, <laughs> but like if you're a big lover of adventure, you're going to figure out how to go. Um, 
But yeah, a lot of things aren't safe. Even driving a car isn't safe. So you have to really weigh how sure. how much is it worth it to you. You know, it's interesting because he figured that was built into Sunset Cliffs, and and I would, are you do you think that maybe a hundred years ago when it was used for you know prohibition smuggling that maybe the water was lower then? You know, so maybe it gets a little bit into the climate change thing, but um, has that's a good question because it's still. It's explorable certain times of the day. Well, they had bridges, too. That was the Uh, thing. And now the bridges are collapsed, and there's rubble all below that area. So from the bridges and everything that used to once be there. And you can see old Victorian postcards of what it used to look like. Really? Yeah, they're all over the Internet. You can see them on eBay sometimes. So these are the Spalding Caves? Spalding Park. Spalding Park. And then the, the tunnel was part of that, the whole feature. So That is awesome. It is. Yeah. yeah. So what, what's the picture on the cover? It looks like an old house. The Dyer house, um, which I actually later um, had sixth grade camp there. And then during the 2003 Cedar Fire, it burned down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's in Cuyamaca. Let's see if I can kind of hard to thumb through where it is. Sorry. I don't know where it's in That's okay. Here. There's a lot of good photography in that book. Thanks. Yeah, that's... Um, that's like probably one of my bigger strengths is the photography. And then later, where is it? Later researching the history on it on um, like, what is this place that we found? Where is it in here? Oh, this is a really cool one. Uh, castle Rock. This is an unfinished castle in Escondido that a man was making it for his wife. You can see um, seats that were carved out of boulders. And I have a picture of my friend sitting in one of them. Wow. I'll try to show it. And his wife suspected him of infidelity because he was gone so often building the castle as a secret that he had to halt the project. But there's still an airport up there that, well, restricted access. I was invited to to see it. I haven't gone to it yet. But, yeah. So. Wow. So is that – what lake is that? Is that Dixon or is that uh, Hodges? Lake Wolford. Wolford. Yeah. Okay. So that's almost like like Valley Center, sort of, up that way, right? exactly. Wow, interesting. The mines are probably one of the most interesting things that I've covered um, because they have such a rich history. And where are these mines located? Uh, They're all located in Julian, the ones that are in here, Old Banner Road. But let's see, there's some old minor graffiti that we found in there. Right on. So was this, were the miners going for, was it gold or was it silver? I think it was originally... The gold rush craze, someone found gold in one of the streams and everybody came out and built a whole city around it. But then later they were mining different stone. It wasn't only gold. Mm -hmm. And some of them were pretty profitable. This one has, I think, four different layers, which I didn't climb any of them. I only did the first layer. But you can see how sketchy it is accessing the multiple layers. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Those are so crystals. How did, how did you get in here? I mean, was it it's locked open. up? It's oh, wide no, no, open. no, it's wide open. Wow. And this is actually public land. You're allowed to walk these. The Eagle Mine, if you don't want to go out in the boonies, is open to the public and they give tours and it's got authentic mining equipment in it still to really give a feel of what it was like back then. Let's see, but... This is so awesome because, you know, I've gone to Julian a million times, you know, for yeah. like a little Saturday exactly. drive. And you see the old timey kind of mining town stuff. Yep. But that that's almost like it's not real. You know, it's almost right. like that's 
not it's almost like it's a facade there's a lot of real but, still but there. it's it's the real deal you just have to hike to it you just wow. have to go out there <laughs> to find it now how about like here in the poway area we just talked about escondido but poway uh-huh. rancher bernardo are there any areas featured in the book here um yeah there is a cemetery oh i went right to it um so the cemetery is um it's by Sycamore Canyon. Oh, I've, I've seen that one, actually. You've seen it. Have you seen the homestead that's further yeah. out there? Yeah. You kind of have to kind of go back around uh-huh. the hill there. Because I used to live in Sycamore Creek, those homes oh, okay. at the very end of Garden Road. Uh-huh. And yeah, that, there is that little cemetery and that old abandoned house. Yeah. So some of the early pioneers. There's several homesteads out there that were burned down, apparently, during a robbery um, it's like people try to burglarize the home and the whole thing burned down. But interesting, when my friend and I were out there like seven years ago, we found an old model airplane on the very top of the chimney. Um, I can't remember what year people told me it was from. It was all rusted and stuff, but we donated it to the Poway Historical Society and it's now displayed there. The airplane? Yeah. So it's interesting. Because I didn't think, I'm like, what am I going to do with it? I might as well yeah, give it to them to enjoy. So, so, so you know Mary Shepherdson? Yeah. She, I actually was just reading her name in here. Okay. <laughs> I, like, because I mentioned her. She helped me, I think, piece together that story. I work with the historical societies a lot. Where is it? I was literally just reading her name. Mary Shepherdson. Yeah. So she's done great work in the inner city. Oh, you know, I know. Just documenting. Oh, yeah. And her family's gone back many generations oh, yeah. here. So I, I really enjoy the articles that she publishes yeah. and, and the Facebook stuff that she does is incredible. Are you your friends with her on there? On Facebook, yes. Okay. And I met her a few times. She's very pleasant. Yeah, I, I went to Powell, the Historical Society once to meet her. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Good. Good. So um, so this is the book. So did this was this just released? Yeah, in March. Oh, it's exciting. It's actually, I was just tipped off. It's um, number seven position for the top seller on Amazon for travel photography. Really? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was crazy. <laughs> good for you. That Thanks. Is, that is really, a, that's a yeah. big success. Well, I'm just shocked. I'm like, wow, San Diego. It's just a San Diego book, but it's apparently getting out there enough. But this is almost like a, a cool coffee table book, you know, yeah. where it's got the great photography and, mm. and it's a conversation piece when people come over to visit. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, it is. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so tell me, actually, as, as an author, as an entrepreneur, tell uh-huh. me, walk me through that process of how you had the idea to write the book and what it took to, to actually write it and get it published. So, I mean, the book, way before the book came the website, which I created in 2010. And then, yeah, the book conspired from that just because I was invited to write it. But um, I've been interested in documenting my my adventures. Actually, I started blogging in 2003, blogging my adventures. And then in 2010, I felt I had enough web designing knowledge to create a website. It wasn't that well done. It's a lot better now. Mm-hmm. I've dealt with, I've, I'm working with professionals now to make it look better. It does look good. Thank you. So this is hiddensandiego.net? Correct. All right. So yeah, I mean, I've been doing that for for almost 10 years now. And then, yeah, like I said, I, they the publisher saw my website and invited me. But Eventually, I'm going to make a hidden San Diego book, which will kind of be a manual for adventuring around the city where you can just kind of thumb through and get the directions to certain places. Um, This was just kind of a starting point just to see how hard is it to actually write a book? What goes into it? Is it worth my time? Um, And what did you learn? Was it worth your time? um, 
Well, I don't know how many books I've sold yet because it's so fresh. So that'll kind of help me decide how much if, if it's really worth my time. But the fact that I just found out that it's in the top 10 bestsellers, um, it probably is selling. Yeah. So, you're, <laughs> so yeah, it probably well, is worth my time. That's, I mean, the cool thing about. Well, first of all, it's great that you're having success. Yeah. You're number seven in Amazon's top 10 list for travel, travel photography, photography. <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Because um, that's, I mean, travel photography is a big deal, like Arizona Highways Magazine and all that. I yeah. Mean, I mean, when you think of all the different books out yeah, there, that's a pretty big deal. A, it is a big yeah. deal. But the fact that you're a, I mean, with all due respect, having a website is one thing, but being a published author. Yeah, I know. I mean, kind of more cr credentials there, you it know? Is, yeah, it's crazy because I really didn't think anyone would care because all I've been told is print's dead. So I'm like, no, okay, no, well, people don't buy books anymore. I'm like, I'm pretty much just doing this for fun. And then it turns out a lot of people do care still. Well, it's almost like... Um, you know, for some people, it's like retro, you know, going back to vinyl for yeah. records. So people like the tactile, like right. feeling the book. I love books still. Yeah. Yeah. And but even as a published author, you know, it's still there's digital versions. Right. And people are still reading them on Kindle. I don't and, think I have an ebook. Someone asked if I have an ebook. I'm like, I don't think there's an ebook. I wasn't told about that if there is. Wow. Maybe there is. And I just wasn't told I should ask. Okay. Because there should be. There should be, yeah. Yeah, but I think we're so sucked into our computers and phones and people with their video games. I think it is important to still have paper. <laughs> I think that's so, awesome. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think I just think it makes – it gives you more street cred, you know? Like mm -hmm. you're – not that you weren't legit, but it makes you even more, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's just one extra thing. It <laughs> so, is great. So, yeah. so tell me, like on your website, Hidden San Diego, you say like these abandoned – you know, places are just one aspect of your whole website. Yeah. So walk us through some of the other categories of things that are on your website. I have kid-friendly, dog-friendly, nature, scenic, historical, wine and dine haunted. So, I mean, the whole goal with my site is to draw as many people as possible into it. And I want it to be easy to navigate for a child or an elder. So... Yeah, I just want to get as many people as possible. So there's just all different categories. There's the abandoned crazy adventures for the urban explorers. And then there's beautiful gardens and just old historic homes and museums. Just, yeah, for everyone. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So how about on on, on the website? Are there a couple of... Um a couple of those locations that you'd like to share that that are meaningful to you? Um, the Whaley House. I mean, just off the top of my head, just because it's an interesting story. You, I don't know if you believe in ghosts or anything, but I had a haunted experience at the Whaley House as a child that the story spanned out for um, almost 20 years. It just it has four different segments to it. But that's kind of an interesting story to share. Please, I'll, okay. I'll let us know. So when I was a kid, uh, the Whaley House used to just have ropes to go, which you're not supposed to go into the rooms, but um, now it's glassed off. So my mom used to take my brother and I there a lot when we were kids. And <clears throat> when my brother was three and I was maybe seven or something a lot, maybe even a little younger, um, she was taking her time with my brother and I went upstairs by myself and there, one of the rooms was roped and I went under it and I was looking in a long mirror and in the mirror's reflection behind me, I saw a lady talking to a little boy and the little boy had like suspenders and little shorts and a paper boy hat on. He's looking up at her and you could see him talking to her, but you couldn't hear anything. And she was all green. But looked like a normal person, and she looked at me and gave me this really devious smile. And I turned around, and 
Nobody was there. Turn back. Moment's gone. So I'm like, okay, what was that? So I go downstairs and I tell them like, and I think I asked them about the lady or something. And they're like, oh yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's sure. And I thought they were just kind of messing with me. And so I kind of go the next 10, 15 years of my life. Like, I know what I saw. I like, I saw that, but as you get older, you're like that. It could yeah. have been in my mind. Yeah. So when I was about 20, I was at one of the bookstores in Old Town, and I found a book on, it was either Haunted haunted Old Town, I think it was. I'm thumbing through it, and they talk about <clears throat> a green ghost, a green lady that haunts Old Town, or maybe even it said the Wheelie House. And it shows this funny, old, like cheesy illustration of a green ghost lady to look nothing like it. And I'm like, wow. So that was the first thing. Like, wow, there's... There's some connection with a green lady and right. Old Town. So a few years later, it was Halloween, and I was with my ex and his family, and we're walking around Old Town, and there's some ghost, famous ghost hunters that I guess go there a lot, and they're holding hosting some event there. I guess they've been on the Jay Leno show and stuff. They're kind of well-known. And there's a line wrapped around the Whaley House, and they have a little booth. And I go up to them, and I was like, I would love to share my story of what happened to me here when I was a child. And I start telling it to them, and they were really intrigued, and they pulled me aside to hear the story better. And they said, do you mind if we show you some photos of ghosts that we've captured on camera? I was like, sure, you know. So they showed me this one, and it, it sure enough looks like a, an old lady in the picture. And I was like, no, um, she was young. She was probably in her 20s, and she was beautiful. And they look at each other, and they're like, Violet. And they, so they pull out a photo that looks like her, and sure enough, it looked very close to what I remember. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that was her. And then they both look at each other and they're like, oh, my gosh. Like Every time we've captured Violet on camera, there's always a green orb around her. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like It just yeah. keeps growing. Like, what is going on with the green? So a week later, because I used to live kind of in that area, so I would go down there a lot. A week later, I was with my ex again and we were one block up at the Victorian Homes the Heritage Park and we're photographing at sunset and one of the Victorian Homes had been left open so it was like a dark doorway mm -hmm. and I'm taking pictures of it and I noticed in the camera not to the naked eye but every time I was taking a picture a green orb spherical orb was showing up in the picture so I was like that is really weird so I start taking like 20 pictures in a row holding it flat or straight just or whatever not shaking it mm -hmm. and in the pictures the orb moves and grows and it keeps going around. This is crazy. So when I went home, I went to email them and I actually had an email from them at the same time. And they were emailing me to show me a photo of Violet with the green orb around her. So it was pretty crazy. And it was the same kind of orb. So that finally got me to really researching, okay, who's Whaley? What's going on with the Whaley house? There's actually, there's something crazy going on there. Um, and that's when I read something about some psychics because they're saying a little girl haunts the place and I was thinking like well I saw a little boy and then I saw some thread or something some of the psychics that have gone there a lot are saying it's not a girl that haunts the place it's a little boy I was like oh even that goes in line with seeing the boy and apparently Violet was the daughter and she killed herself there <laughs> so oh wow yeah so when you say she was green or had a green orb. She was not an orb. She was just green to where it just didn't seem, it almost seemed costume. It didn't seem real. But the thing is, the second I looked around, nobody was there and then it was gone. There was nobody else up there with me. Wow. Yeah. And he was dressed, it looked like 1800s type yeah. outfit. It was, and this, yeah, it was so quick. For some reason, I don't know why, but I'm thinking of the Wicked Witch of the West. Because wasn't she like green or had a green orb? Well, she had a green face and a black 
Yeah. Outfit. This lady was all green. Like the whole uh, It sounds skin so cheesy. And, and, and From clothing. what I remember, yeah, it was so cheesy to wear like I was I just the older I got, I'm like, it had to have been fake. There's no yeah, yeah. like it's just just no way it had but you to were, you were seven, right? So exactly. those memories there are a little cloudy, but yes. the, but you got the confirmation. It just kept the story kept continuing yeah. to where I'm like Okay, well, I'm just going to hold on to this. Story. But then I've had a lot of creepy things happen as I got older to where I'm like, okay, I now believe in the supernatural. But before so, that incident, uh-huh. you, well, let me let me phrase it. You, <clears throat> you had that moment when you were seven, but mm-hmm. before you had that sort of confirmation with that group of people at the Whaley House, uh-huh. were you still sort of skeptical of supernatural? or yeah. But, yeah. but now you're certain it's real. Well, because I've had a lot of things happen to me since then. Well, yeah. what else has happened? Oh, God. Um, I'm trying to, like, what would be the best story to tell? There's so many stories. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're like, really weird, crazy stories. I lived in a house for a long time that had a lot of bad, creepy stuff happening when I lived in Escondido. And thankfully, thankfully, almost everything I've witnessed, people witnessed it with me to where it's like, okay, what was that? But um, I remember at the very end, we had... Our, my ex, he was Christian. His Christian friend came to pray over our house <laughs> to just get all of this stuff out. Like an exorcism or kind something. Kind of just to pray to remove it. And yeah. I'm like, I didn't grow up religious at all. So I grew up like in a family that doesn't believe in any of this stuff. But I've had so much happen. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So he puts in a cassette tape of um, singing about Jesus. And he says, demons hate this music. And he presses play. And it's like singing about Jesus. And within like 30 seconds, it snapped the tape. It broke the tape. And we're like, oh, my God. I'm like, what is going on in this house? Yeah. And so he prayed. And for like 15 minutes, we all felt like a warm tingling. And then after that, nothing happened anymore in that house. Um, But yeah, I think like, like, you know, we, we had a light where it requires muscle to turn on. That would turn on all the time. Doors would slam shut. We would get, I would go outside for a second door would lock me out like I'd be dead bolted out so often that my neighbor had to put a ladder in the back of his yard so I could climb over and get in through my back patio because I was just constantly getting dead bolted out of my own house um really yeah wow yeah um and I've tried just yeah little things like I don't know just creepy stuff would happen wow yeah well that's like a whole other book right there yeah, the haunted stuff. Although, like, when I was younger, we would, like, because we didn't know, so my mom gave us a Ouija board and stuff for fun. So we would do seances and stuff. And now, like, I get told by other people, like, no, that's the absolute worst thing you could have done. Like, well, we didn't know. Well, because so we for kids, always, it's like a game. Yeah, so yeah, we were yeah. always trying to summon spirits. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, And then the spirits came. <laughs> so so you, there's a whole haunted section on your website. Yeah, that's a pretty, I mean, like I said, I don't really, uh, I don't actively seek that stuff out now because it actively has entered my life. Yeah. So now I try to completely keep that separate, but I sure. do have a pretty good haunted section on my site where like paranormalists and stuff have told me I'm pretty well respected in that community and that they've used my site a lot of, for places to research. That's great. <laughs> I mean, that's really awesome because <laughs> um, it, it, it's good. You know, we always have suspicion. Uh-huh. You know, and sometimes people w- will not believe or they do believe. Yeah. But it's interesting for me to talk with you who's uh-huh. had a direct experience. Yeah. 
I'll tell one more just because, like, I was trying to think, like, well, which ones aren't too out there? So a lot of times when supernatural things have happened to me, it's when we're talking about them just like what's happening right now. So this would be a good time for something weird to happen. So I was talking to my friend, and I was telling him an old ghost story that had happened where— even then, I was talking about ghosts. So, like, 10 years, I was talking about a ghost story that had happened with a friend. And as I was telling him that, like, we had a, a water, a gallon water thing filled with water. And it flew off the table when we're talking, like, boom. And so I'm telling my friend that old story. And as I'm telling him that story, my phone, which was across the room, turns on and Siri talks. And she says, wow, it feels nice to be acknowledged for my work. Weird, yeah, weird Whoa. things like that where it's like, what? And I'm like, you heard that. I'm like, we witnessed that together. Wow. Yeah, so. <laughs> so the the the, uh, the spirits are communicating through Siri. Well, they say Siri. that electricity is actually one of the main ways that they can communicate through sound and light and stuff really? like that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. I didn't expect that we were going to go down this pathway, but this is cool. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> um, tell me about, like, on your website, though. Um you know, all the different, you have all these other categories, you uh-huh. know, beyond the supernatural. Um, share with me some of the places like that are here in the Poway Rancher Bernardo area that you feel like sharing. Um, let me think for a second. Um, so there's a cool little waterfall. A lot of this stuff in Poway. So I do have a member section. I should mention that where mm-hmm. I don't give directions to the public mm-hmm. because they could be easily destroyed. Right. Um, so a lot of the Poway stuff I have is member section um, to where I just don't actively tell where it's at. Um, but you tell what it is. I explain right. what it is through photos, and I honestly, on the site, I don't even tell what town it's in. It's just, uh, this is it. If oh, you want to be a member, you can be a member, but right now. I don't know how many people are going to listen to the podcast, but right now. Well, I, millions and millions of people listen to this know. podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, so there is a waterfall in Poway that um, I found it by, a lot of times I just look at Google Satellite mm-hmm. and see what I can find. That's how I find a lot of ruins, but I found two ponds on each side in between a main road and I wanted to explore the ponds and it turns out that there's a tunnel leading in between the two and so when you go to the other side it creates a gorgeous waterfall and rocks and you can just hang out there it's a great little spot for picnics it's year round it's not a seasonal waterfall right um I'm not going to say what the name is you of the no, waterfall. No, 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 all right. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, you don't need to do that. Yeah. But, um, but, but there are special places like that in this community. We have a gold mine. We have a gold mine. Yeah. I Pro- didn't know that. Prospect gold mine. Okay. Yeah. Um, where I would. So the fun thing about my site, it has a decent, it has a pretty large audience, is that a lot of the places that I post, People that even either lived at the place, have connections, they'll write me. So this one guy told me that when his brother got out of the Vietnam War, he no longer wanted to be part of society. So he lived in that little cave mine for like a year. Really? <laughs> in the 70s. or Yeah. I was like, wow, who would have known? And apparently there's another gold mine. So there's the mine here. And then there's an old dam by the way, right next to it mm-hmm. with a little seasonal waterfall. And that up higher, there's another mine that you just cannot see, cannot access. But I guess a fire swept through there years back. I'm not sure which fire it was, making the whole hill bare. And then you could find the mine, and that's how someone else found it. And they sent me photos from them inside the other mine, looking down at the one we could all access. But Wow. Yeah, and I did hold a meetup there a couple of months ago, and 50 people showed up. That was really crazy to me because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm about to take 50 people on a 
little hike and we have to cross creeks and there's like people with infants attached to them. I'm like, I hope it's going to be okay hopping <laughs> creeks several times, but it ended up being great. And it was really nice to see people connect with nature because that's really important to me. A, a huge mission statement of mine is to reconnect people with their inner child, first of all, because when we're kids, we instinctively know how to have fun and just run around and be free with nature. And as we get older, I think we get so focused on, yeah. you know, just all. So true. Yeah. It's so true. So that's a huge part of my sight. And like just seeing all of those adults and everyone, everyone just so smiling and happy. Yeah. Like, that's the point. And I constantly get people writing me, just thanking me so much about what my site has done for them. People have fallen in love by going on adventures through my site and now are engaged to get married or just really? getting out of depression. Yeah. Cause for me, I don't like tourist traps. I personally don't like to be around a lot of people mm-hmm. at any time. I like, you know, just quiet. So that the whole goal of my site is here are the more secluded places you could go to where you more or less have it to yourself and it's a hidden gem. So that's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> that is. You know, cause I, I, it's interesting because like I'm in my fifties mm-hmm. and I've lately been really embracing in, adventures. Cool. And um, you more specifically to break out of that narrow exactly. tunnel vision. Yeah. And you know, um, my children are here now. It's summertime, uh-huh. but we're technically empty nesters because they've gone yeah. away to college. Yeah. And so I now have this bandwidth to uh-huh. start doing these things. And I bet what I did about it was three weekends ago, I went to San Francisco <laughs> and I'm working on my family ancestry. Oh, and nice. so I was walking through the city, taking pictures yeah. of the historical homes where my family's oh, live. Oh, that's and, amazing. And I just, when I'm doing that sort of thing, it is like your inner child. You sort of light up from within. There you go. You know, because you're yeah. not, you don't feel like, you're in this corporate, structured, conservative yeah. world. You feel like you're free. Yep. And I don't ever want to lose that. And that's the thing yeah. about a child. And I, yeah. okay, so my first job ever was working at a retirement home with the elderly. And I think I learned a, very early on the happy people. There were 99 year olds that were so free and happy and they'd never let go of their inner child. And then there were, 65-year-olds, because that was the cutoff. You had to be at least 65, no younger. They were just miserable and hated life. And I was like, I don't want to be that person. I want to be the person. So now I work with children, and I realize, and I tell them a lot, I'm like, in a lot of ways, children are smarter than adults because you instinctively know how to be happy. We're adults. We have to remember how to be happy. Well, most do. And I'm like, I don't ever want to remember how to be happy. I just want to always be happy and just do what I love, so... So this is interesting because, you know, I, I talk about the podcast is it, the higher purpose is life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. <laughs> and so maybe we're pursuing something that is already within us yes. that we have somehow cloaked yeah. or blocked. The society, though, you know, yeah. like society kind of trains us to be a certain way. And if you step outside of that, you're, you might be considered weird or yeah, different. True. Yeah. So I think in a sense, I've kind of helped create a trend of being different like just be which is really just being ourselves. like if we are really who we are we're all unique but everyone wants to just fit in to not stand out but if we all yeah if we all are just ourselves, then it's not different but i mean even when i was younger i would like to go to the underground tunnels and stuff like that which was totally taboo and like why are you doing that that's so weird now it's considered cool like with the you know because i've helped make it look cool just this, you know, you can get cool photos. Part of the thing is I can take good photos. So I'm able to showcase things. Well, that's kind of an important part. 
this is awesome. This is really cool. I mean, I mean, your book is great. Your website is great, but I really like this. Oh, good. That we're talking right now about, yeah. about, um, being yourself, being right. comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. Um, on my website, John Riley project, the headline is hashtag you do you. There you go. That's right? great. Cause it's about just being comfortable with who you are. Yeah. And it's tr- you're right. Cause society will beat you down and try to say, this is normal. Uh-huh. And then if you're outside those boundaries, you know, you're cast aside or you're looked at askew. I hate that. Oh, I, oh my God. I hate it too. And, yeah. and so it, I love how w- what you're doing is helping people feel good about themselves. Yeah, it's and okay you, to just be who you are. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. I work with adults also. I teach adult classes and a lot of them will be like, you know, like I always loved art, but then like I was always told I couldn't make money off that. So I went this path and a lot of them are not satisfied. They're not happy. And it's like, what if you had just gone the path that you wanted to go and it opened up a lot of doors and you could still make a lot of money off it if that's what's important to people instead of like, and I tell my, my students that the children, now, I'm like, make sure you pick something that you want, not that your parents want. Yes. Make some, yes. something that you're passionate about, something that doesn't feel like work because a large chunk of your life is going to be working. And if you hate it, that's going to beat you down. It's going to start building disease in you. You're going to be a miserable person. And that's not what life is supposed to be about. We're supposed to be happy. <laughs> This is awesome. So yesterday I was at, um, I was at, I was at Harbor Island. Uh-huh. Okay. And I was, I do these little remote podcasts on my, cool. um, like I have a Facebook group. It's the John Riley project insiders group. It's like this closed group. I'll have to join it. You have to join <laughs> it. So everyone's invited, nice. but I always do these little videos and I had just celebrated my 15 year anniversary of being self-employed. Cool. And in that little eight minute blip, I was talking about exactly this mm-hmm. where people, um, Sometimes their career is they do what they're good at, but it's not necessarily what they love to do. Exactly. Okay. And so this is what I'm currently struggling with. Okay. Because I've built my career on these things that I'm good at Mm -hmm. and I like it, but I don't love it. Okay. I love this. I was going to say this is, this right here is a huge step in the right direction. Yeah. Because for me, it was like, okay, like you don't want to just do your hobby, not making any money. And then you're bumming off other people or you're homeless. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So like I taught, I did hit in San Diego and then slowly it's now turned to this where now I'm doing a lot more. I had to quit. I had to quit two of my teaching companies just because I need to make more time for hit in San Diego. So if you do your, your hobby, right, it can turn into a career. Yeah. But you don't want to keep all your eggs in one basket. So like slowly, slowly. It has to be a transition. Yeah. No doubt. (laughs) So awesome. And it's great if you're a child and you start the hobby before you even need to have a job. And then maybe it could turn into a money making machine by, you know, you never know. Yeah. I was just talking about that in the the most recent podcast is about Uh encouraging young people to be entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not for everyone. For me, it's like do like some people, they take direction better than being the leader. So, I mean, we all have our own purpose. And if we all followed that path, I think that there would be a nice balance in the world. I was just talking to one student a couple of weeks ago. I used to teach her when she was younger, just full of life and bubbly. And I remember she would sometimes come in sat in the class sad and I'd ask her what's wrong. And she'd be like, I never have time to play, you know? Oh. And then I did, she left for a while. Now she's back. She's well, she's fifth grader going into sixth grade. So I don't know if I'll see her again and just, just down. And I mentioned that to her, what I had told her years ago, like, you know, how she never had time to play. She's like, yeah, it's still like that. I never have time to play. And then we started talking about like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she's like, well, 
my I tell my parents and they immediately shoot it down. And I was like, well, you know, like, make sure you're doing what you want to do because you're already getting beat down so much. And I like I've I don't see the sparkle in you anymore. Make sure you're, you're doing a path that you want to do. Yes. Yes. It makes me so sad. Yeah. And, and you know, in our, and I, I'm, I'm a parent. I'm, I'm sure I've done this with my children. You kind of have like the helicopter parent and you got this structured thing. It you got to go very to, damaging to the yeah, spirit. Yeah, it can be. It can. Um, yeah. so my kids played sports, you know, so it's very structured. I know? played softball. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. You know, and you know, you got practice and lessons, which and, is fantastic. I learned so much. I mean, you learn so much about teamwork, being on a sport and working together. Yeah. I mean, in the competitive part, but at the end of it, like for me, like when I played some people, when they'd strike out would throw their bat and helmet <laughs> and start crying. It's like, okay, at the end of the day, this is just a game you guys. Right, right, but right. then we had some coaches screaming yes, at us. Cause yes. it got, I got very serious. I started playing travel ball and so, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, Oh my God, like, it stopped being fun, and then I quit. Junior year, I quit playing. And then I think I played um, rec. It was so funny because I get, got higher, higher, higher to where I was even representing the United States. We played Australia and stuff. Nice. And then it got so stressful that I quit, and my last season ever was playing rec ball for a team called the Blue Baboons, which is so ridiculous, but it was so much fun. We were the best team, easy. You know, Our coach was so happy like mm-hmm. to have us on the team because I brought some of my other friends, too, onto it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this is what I missed, just having fun when it stopped being so serious yeah, and just like yeah. everyone's miserable and angry. That's not what it was supposed to be about. And then I think I played co-ed for a couple of years and now it's just too dangerous, I feel. <laughs> I'm like, I've seen too many. I mean, I've had my nose broken. I had a ball oh. hit me right in the face. Like, oh, like yeah. I don't want to deal with that anymore. Yeah, those those big, you know, those big dudes that can just Well, that crush too. And I'm like, why are we not wearing helmets? And yeah. yet we're playing men and like with men oh, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, uh, and my eyesight, because it was night, like night games. I'm like, my eyesight's not as good now. Oh, and just yeah. not worth it. <laughs> That's all. But, mm. but I think... The, the whole concept, what you're trying to do is to encourage people to play. Exactly. Right? You know, yeah. and embrace the inner child. And exactly. Th- that is freaking awesome. Yeah. I mean, that is like so great that you're yeah. doing that. For me, when I find a new place, I notice like my adrenaline goes. Like, yeah. Because sometimes I'll be like just not feeling good, go on an adventure and just like – I feel great now. And I'm like, so there really is something to this. So I have, uh, well, I have hidden San Diego and hidden California between the two websites. I have probably like five to 600 places to explore. But with each one of those, if you've never been there before, you're most likely going to leave like, wow, like I feel way better than I did before because there's just, it's something new. It's something fresh and it's something out of the ordinary. I was reading on the website maybe it was in the Pomerado news article, how, you were trying to help people that maybe were depressed or right. had an addiction yep. and share with them that there are you can go beyond this sort of plastic tourist, you mm. know, locations and you could, there's a whole world that can open yeah. up and now people that are depressed can suddenly find yep. that energy. Yep. Yeah, because maybe a lot of depressed people don't want to be around a lot of people, but still want to get out and explore. And so that's what the site is about. But when I was younger, I did see a lot of people around me just kind of going down these dark holes of drug addiction or just constantly playing video games and stuff. And they'd be like, or just drinking a lot of people turning into alcoholics. And when you ask them why, they're like, we're bored, there's nothing to do. And it's like, so they're building addiction. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, I was constantly finding things to do. There's every neighborhood, every corner has potential. Like I was just walking around Poway and we found a fairy tree where it's a tree decorated with all these little fairy houses. 
My really? Point, yeah, wow. My point is there's secrets everywhere. Know your neighborhood even. Mm-hmm. So I, a new section, I, I haven't actually added it to my site yet, but it's going to be called Neighborhood Walk where I'm just I'm walking all over San Diego. So, you know, all the interesting homes and be like, okay, so this is what it's like walking around in Poway. Here's the interesting things we found. There's a lot of horse trails here, for instance, a lot of little uh, trails that take you from one end of Poway to the other. Just fun little things like that. That's so, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because like I told you, I was just walking through the neighborhoods of San Francisco, you yeah. know, and walk, for me, I was like walking in the footsteps of my grandparents and great grandparents feeling uh-huh. that. Um, and if you're able to do something similar to that in all these neighborhoods of San Diego, yeah. it's going to encourage people to get out of their house. Yep, that's the Get goal. away from their addictive. That's the goal. And I know it, I, yeah. I already know it has done that. Um like I said, because people write me and they tag me on Instagram all the time. But whatever it takes, like people be like, see a new post that I do, like, oh, I got to see that. That got them out of the house. So, right. Yeah. And I know for uh, part of my success, at least on Instagram, because I have almost 50,000 followers on there at this point. Really? 50,000? I know. It's gone up really quick. Um, but I think part of that is the selfie the millennials and the selfies and wanting to get the pictures to look cool. Uh, But that's fine. You know, to me, it's like whatever gets people outside, even if it's just to get your selfie game up or whatever it's called, like whatever. Can't hate on that. <laughs> so. It's you're getting for for them. It's their selfie game, but it's also maybe their self esteem game. Yeah, because they're breaking out of their dark place. Right, right. And they're feeling better about themselves. Yeah, whatever it takes. Yeah, and so, then so the, you do teaching too. So I'm an art teacher. An art teacher. Yeah, cool. so I'm going to be teaching a potion making class in a couple hours. Oh wow! Because it's summer right now, so yeah. I have very specific lessons that they want me to teach. So I'm doing potion making class this week, which is really different types of slime. That's like what they wanted. So that's what we're doing. We're making different types of slime. We did fluffy slime yesterday. So that's cool. Yeah, and I love working with children. I don't ever want to stop teaching. It gives me so much, and I know that I'm able to give them so much. So no matter how successful Hidden San Diego ever gets, I don't ever want to stop that. Well, you know, you're you're teaching children, Mm -hmm. but with your website and your books, you're teaching adults. Yeah. And that's good. Well, actually, I I just – are you familiar with SOHO, Save Our Heritage Organization? So they're the people that are helping to preserve San Diego's heritage. So they own a lot of historic homes like the Whaley House they Mm -hmm. own. Mm -hmm. They um, recently sued the city because the city is trying to tear down part of Cabrillo Bridge and part of Balboa Park to make a uh, six-level parking lot that will cost money and it will tear down the historic Palm Canyon that Kate Sessions planted. Anyway – they're constantly going after the city and helping to pre- preserve San Diego's heritage. But okay. I just won their People Who Preserve Award, which is actually a very prestigious award. I won the Town Crier Award for helping to spread the news and to educate the masses about San Diego's history. But to me, that was such a huge deal because that is kind of an older generation. When I was at the award show, it was mostly like 50, 50 year olds and up. Mm-hmm. But to me, it was such a huge honor to know that I, I've even caught their attention. Um, it really is just all ages that are, that are plugged in on this. So. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and there's so much history in San Diego you know, it's being destroyed. Yeah, it is. It is because the city doesn't respect it usually. Mm-hmm. They just want to put it sky rises, just knock it all down. Right. So that's part of my job is to help bring awareness to these old places and 
why we should love them, why we should protect them and restore them, not demolish them. Right. So, well, like, for example, that was a topic that came up with the uh, Big Stone Lodge in Poway. And, and, you know, the city bought it, mm-hmm. um, you know, but what should the city do? Should it restore it? Should it? Um, Absolutely. Know? They should restore yeah. it. But I've been in there and I actually lived right next door to it. That is one of the, the spots on my site is the historic stagecoach route. Mm-hmm. There's seven stone homes on that street. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, if you I've been inside the Big Stone Lodge. It's just horrible. It is thrashed inside in rat feces everywhere at this point. Well, they would have to just completely gut it, but it, it looks like it would cost like a million or two dollars to renovate it. Right. So I think they're just going to demolish it is what they finally voted on. Yeah. Well, I, I remember I was there when it was a country in Western Bar. Me too. That was like in the late, the early 90s, I think is when I was there. Uh-huh. But um, <clears throat> That that's been like a, a debate in town. You know, you know, they're, they're, are they going to put veterans housing there? And there's been conversation. I mean, the most recent article I read is it's being torn down, and they're going to maybe put low income housing or something there. Right. Yeah, which is horrible because the reason that the Big Stone Lodge went out of business was because the the residents started complaining about the noise. Yeah. Even though those houses were put in after. Yes, they were. So that's not fair. It's no. like if you're moving here, part of the deal is you need to be able to put up with the sound. It was what I would think. Or don't put those houses there. Yeah, it's like moving next to an airport and then complaining. Yeah, but it's like this is a historic building yes. and it yeah. should be treated that way. Right. But. So it, right, right now, I, that, I, I was always um, of the belief that what the status quo doesn't make sense because mm-hmm. it's an old building and it's fenced off and it looks terrible. So you figure restore it, mm-hmm. you know, tearing it down is another option. Ideally, it's restored. But then, you know, there still is a need for more housing, you know, in San Diego because mm-hmm. of the housing crisis and homelessness. But you would hope that they could do it in such a way that they could protect the historical sites. And to me, it seems like it's all about the money. Well, it is. And it's about money. It's also about providing roofs over people's heads. There's so many abandoned houses, though, that people could live in those. If it's putting roofs overhead, why don't we put them in those houses? We could know? do that, too. Yeah. Or like That's just my thought. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because preserving the history is so important. Like one of the things I've been working on is I've been visiting all the missions in California. Oh, yeah. That's fun. I do that, too. <laughs> so I've gone to... All but two of them cool. south of San Luis Obispo. Okay. I started with Alcala here in San yeah. Diego, and that was great. And so I'm kind of working on that. And I uh-huh. enjoy going to those. And some have been restored. Yeah. Some have not. And you learn the history. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I've done most of those, too. Um, mm-hmm. We have several missions here. Um, have you been to the Paula Mission? Paula Indian Reservation? No. Is that one of the Unipra Serras? Well, it's a historic mission from, gosh, at least the 1800s, maybe even. Oh, I didn't know. I've been to San Luis Rey, but um, I yeah. didn't know there was one at Paula. Oh, no, do the Paula one. It's got a cemetery, a chapel. Really? It's really cool, and it's very historic, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you can, if you go on my site, you can go under the Paula section and look at all the photos, but you'll definitely <laughs> well, want to Of course, to go you there. have it all categorized. I love that. I do, yeah. yeah. It's really, because for me, I'm like, I need to be able to navigate it easily when I'm thumbing through it, but it's mm-hmm. like, how? what is the easiest way to do this, separate it by town? Right, exactly. Yeah, or make the categories. Okay, maybe you don't care what town you're in. You're just interested in what's historic in San Diego. So here's all of it. So so what's next? What are the next big projects that you're working on? Well, okay, so I've added several new sections to my site. Influencer section is a big one um, where I'm going to cover 
the, the influencers of San Diego past and present. So I first wrote about Kate Sessions, who is the mother of yeah. Balboa Park and helped mm-hmm. plant a bunch of the trees throughout the city. And then I'm a, I probably will go back and forth between past and present. So I'm currently uh, writing about Roman De Salvo, who is actually one of my adventure friends. He's a biker um, covering all the cool backcountry stuff that I've never even knew was out there. Um, but he's also a famous artist, and he's responsible for a lot of really important art installations throughout San Diego, including hidden art installations like the musical bridge on, I think, is it 22nd Street or 32nd Street? Can't remember. But um, he worked with a composer to create a song, and it just looks like railing, but if you run a stick or a pipe along it, it plays a song, and it goes front. It's the same song forward and backward. And then um, at a trolley station Alvarado by the Alvarado Medical Center there's a riddle up at the top that um once you solve it I I I promised him I wouldn't tell the answer but basically it reconnects you with nature but just little things like that he's got some very important pieces all over the place so we went on a big adventure yesterday and just covering all of his art installations so I can write about him and then next I might write about George Marston or just, you know, like the yeah. people that really helped shape the city and then who is presently influencing the city. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, it's <clears throat> funny. It was, we were just talking about with one of my other guests, Pete Neald was here. He went on the musical Highway. It's out in Albuquerque. Yeah. Where you drive and it plays America the Beautiful. Oh, there's one in uh, Lancaster, too. Um, yeah, that's right. There is one up yeah, there as well. I haven't been to it, but I've but seen it. But this is one that you're saying you can take a stick and walking across, like ding, 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 as yeah. you walk across the rails. The Crab Carillion? Cur- I think it's called Crab Carillion. I haven't re- written about it yet, so I'm not great on everything. That's but, awesome. Yeah. So the, the, these, little, these little stories, these locations, uh-huh. I mean, you could have the whole San Diego County is like an amusement park. Oh, my God, you're telling me walking around. See, like before, like driving to destinations that I have. But now that I've started the neighborhood walk and just walking around everything, there's so much. So then another new section I just added is called Visitor's Guide, which is like, okay, I started with La Jolla. Here's everything to see and do hidden wise, like maybe restaurants I recommend, whatever in in La Jolla. Um, but I have like a ton of hidden stuff, like the troll bridges, for mm-hmm. instance, mm-hmm. and the Munchkin House and the White Lady Cave. So I really try to see like what's not on the internet. Those are the things that I want to put on. Yeah, those are the ones I want to explore. The stuff that's just not out there yet. So yeah, because like you go to like TripAdvisor, one of those, it's the they same. Steal a lot of my stuff. I make up names a lot for a lot of my stuff, so I know when people are stealing. Ah. my ideas so like yeah they take a lot of my stuff and then make it more mainstream and yeah that gets annoying and they'll take my photos too which i don't like i deal with a lot of photo theft wow yeah so do you have um have there been places where you've discovered a hidden gem and it became sort of a little bit overrun with people and it kind of got damaged absolutely that's why i created the member section Mm -hmm. so originally i started off with 500 views a month, let's say. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, a lot of it's probably returning visitors. And so I would just give directions to everything because it was like a little underground yeah. website. Yeah. And then it grew and grew. And at, at the most, I was getting 200,000 views a month. So I had a really, I've had to rethink everything that I'm doing. 
Um, but yeah, places started getting destroyed. And so I just stopped giving directions, period. And then I had people write me, well, why don't you create a member section? So those of us that want to just quietly respect it, won't damage it, we can still see it. So I, I made the member section. Right. And that, that makes sense. Yeah. But I, my site was definitely responsible for the destruction of some places. And I feel really bad about that. Yeah. I just didn't realize how destructive people would be. It's like really, you really needed to tag all over that historic home. Like that makes you feel good. Yeah. Or you just had to break all the windows. Like why? People do crazy things. Too much aggression and testosterone or maybe being drunk and just all that anger. Yeah. Just like, ah, oh, F society. You know, it's like, yeah. take that out in a different way, not on historic homes. Exactly. So, but, but in my opinion, you know, that that was the fault of the vandalizers, not the fault of you for simply opening up people to yeah. these wonderful places. Yeah, but I need to take responsibility. So well, then by putting that paywall, yeah, you're gonna helps. you're gonna filter out a lot oh, of the it's riffraff. A ton. And yeah. I created a closed Facebook group for members only, where we can keep each other in the loop of how the places are looking presently. If there's anything that needs to be noted, so we can continue to help respect and clean up those places. Wow. Yeah. So here you are. You're an educator. You're an historian. You're a writer, an artist, but you're also a preservationist. It just kind of you know? grew. I mean, it originally started just, wow, there's all these cool places in San Diego. I love taking photos. I love going on adventures. I have a little web knowledge. Why don't I try to inspire the masses? And since then, I started like, you know, started putting more time into researching and writing the articles to where I started really caring about history and now I just had, you know, I was like, when I was doing the thing on Kate Sessions, I found where she used to live and the owner was outside. And so I asked if I could interview him and he called me a reporter. And I was like, oh, I never had considered myself a reporter, but I'm like, I guess I kind of am, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, just kind of opened up all these doors that I wasn't even aware would happen. Isn't that great? Oh, it's all wonderful. I love it all. Yeah. But, and for you, this is like your inner child, right? And you're kind of playing. I never your, lost my inner child. Yeah. but <laughs> so. And you're building this and you're enjoying it. Yeah. And um, I think I think the project that you're working on is fabulous. Thank you. Um, and, uh, you know, it not just not just the. The, the fact that you're opening up people up to these special places, mm -hmm. you're documenting it, you're preserving it, you have a higher purpose, you yeah. are, and you're really trying to help people, right? Leave that, you know, cold, dark place. Yeah. And then rediscover well, yeah. their child. I think that yeah. ev on every level, what you're doing is special. Yeah, respecting nature, most importantly, because I think the younger generations don't really think about littering or, like, you know, why they're doing yeah. things. Um, so also, yeah, just kind of touching them like, hey, it's not cool to disrespect nature because we all come from nature. And when we die, we're going to go back in nature. Ashes so respect, yeah. respect what you are part of. Exactly. So. <laughs> well, Jessica, it's been wonderful. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this conversation. Thank you. <laughs> so um, so maybe if you can just let people know all of your contact information so they can sure. connect with you. Um, should I look to the camera? Sure, or, if you like, yeah. Uh, HiddenSanDiego.net and HiddenCA.com. Uh, I'm selling the book, Abandoned San Diego, on my website. You can also find it on Amazon. It's at Barnes & Noble and Costco. And I think that's it. Okay. So. Jessica, thank you very much. It's <laughs> been a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>